Well, hi, everyone. This is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to the Courage Cast. Today, my special guest is Jeff Huxford. Jeff suffered a severe brain injury. Now, he's going to get into the entire story of why that happened, how that happened, what happened to him afterwards. It's a pretty courageous story, a very courageous man. And there's about to be a movie made about his story and the story between he and his wife. His wife plays a major role in the movie as well, from what I understand. And this is the first time that I believe he's talking about it talking about a little bit about the movie, but sharing his story for the first time and and really making the announcement. This is the very beginning of the process of announcing this movie and when it's going to be made. And it's going to be made together with my friend. If you remember, I had Jack Vale on the podcast a few months ago. And Jack's going to be either producing, I think, or he's he's one of the major sponsors of this movie. It's a very courageous story, faith-based film, faith-based story, and I'm excited for you to hear his story. So here it is, my conversation with Jeff Huxford. This is Courage Cast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Well, I am sitting here with the one, the only Jeff Huxford. Jeff, welcome to the Courage Cast. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, adjust that microphone a little bit so we can get How's that? You, yeah, a little higher. Right. Yeah, because you stood up. Oh, you just, you, yeah. you just straightened up. Yeah. Almost I'm, like you're I'm in the I'm working on my posture. You are. Yeah, how's that? That's that's great. All right. Yeah. You are the yeah. man. You are the man. Sometimes I slouch, but. Yeah. Now I'm. Did, who tells you not to slouch? Your wife? Yeah, she does. Yeah. She can slouch too, though. So. Really? We both can slouch, but I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit up this time. We were talking. We were talking about off air how you you give her jobs to do. Oh yeah. Tell yeah, tell yeah. me about that a little bit. Like, I mean, she's got some skills that she tries to hide from people, but <laughs> um, like for instance, um, my uh, some of our friends were gonna paint some paint a room or something. I just pointed out that. Jackie's a good painter. She actually did that for a job uh-huh. when she was in college. So you should look her up. So um, she's. Uh, I bet she loves. She doesn't. That. She doesn't love that. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't love that. But it's became kind of a joke. Yeah, you've uh-huh. got two kids. Yes, uh, an eighth grader. Yep, and your daughter seventh, is seventh, seventh grade. They're, seventh. They're okay. sixteen months apart. Sixteen months apart. Yeah, so my son's an eighth. My yeah. daughter's in seventh. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are. We have so many mutual connections. Yeah. When our mutual friend Jack Vale, uh, who's been on this podcast, you all Courage Cast, Courageous Community, remember Jack was on this podcast. I don't know like earlier this summer, and he calls me out of the blue. I thought he was in Las Vegas now, but he moved mm-hmm. to California yeah. and he's moving back to Franklin. Which yep. good move, Jack? Yep. If you're going to listen to this, good move. Yep. We're ready for you back yeah. here. Um, he was like, "Hey, do you know Jeff Huxford? Feels like you." You should have him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, whatever you say, Jack, I need to have, I'll, I'll have whoever you want on the podcast. Yeah. And then I looked you up and we have like a ton of mutual oh, friends. I know. Yeah. I feel like, um, like I told you that when you reached out to me, I feel like I know you already because I always see you like my, on my other friends' feeds, uh-huh. um, whether on Twitter or 
you know, Facebook. Or, yeah, Instagram. So I felt like we're we were already friends, but then yeah, now it's official. Twenty twelve was like a big year for you. Yeah, that's when things really changed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to tell you before that, before two thousand twelve, I was um, me, and my wife, and our two kids lived in Northwest Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was uh, practicing medicine up there. I was a family doctor. We were living in my wife's hometown that she grew up in. And uh, is that near Chicago? Yeah, about, yeah, about an hour and a half mm-hmm. south of Chicago. So kind of like Gary, Indiana. Yeah, a little south, south of there. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Valparaiso is another town up there. It's pretty close to mm-hmm. there. Yep. Some people have heard of that place. Are you of- close to? Um, Oh, the Nazarene University there. Oh, Olivet. Olivet. Uh, that's more. That's in. That's in Illinois. Oh, it is. Um, okay, that's right. Yeah, I believe it's across. It's right across. The it just board. feels like it's all right, of those. It's are not far though. It's right real across, close to it's, each other. It's um. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, I believe Olivet is in. Oh, what is that place called? Because I remember we have to drive from. Because Chrissy's from Michigan. Yeah. We drive like around Lake Michigan. Right. But you weren't close to Lake Michigan. You're no. kind of more in the prairie. Yeah. Lands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A lot she of just, wind out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you hop on. Yes. The wind is pretty brutal. <laughs> uh huh. Especially in the winter. So yeah. if you get on 65 and head out of like Chicago going towards Indianapolis. Yeah. There's an exit for our. Where I'm, that's where I live. Pretty close to the exit there mm-hmm. off the interstate. All right. Um, living the dream. So yeah, living. Yeah, I had two kids. There, uh, my son was in kindergarten. Daughter was last year preschool, and I had this job that, the job I thought I'd always be doing. I was um, a doctor in this small town, and uh, yeah, living the American dream. Everything mm-hmm. I everything I kind of envisioned for my life and what I thought I'd be doing the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I we were, uh, we were grew part, up a Christian. Yeah, I grew up a Trish, Christian. We were part of a church and mm-hmm. um, pretty involved in the church and. Uh, your wife's a small group, yeah, of yeah. At the time, at 2012, at this, at this point, she was a, she was a stay home mom. Yeah. So um, eventually, she would go back and work for the church too. But mm-hmm. at the time, she was at home raising our kids. And um, was she a, painting? Oh, I think she. Yeah, she could. She could paint. <laughs> yeah. And her, and her, and her, Jackie's gonna and, hate this. In all her spare time, she painted. So anybody's listening to this, if you need a painter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look, yeah, just this email. Look, yeah. now you're giving her work again. <laughs> just go to my website and email yeah. me or something. JeffHuxford.com. Uh. <laughs> I can connect you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was that was leading up to 2012. Sorry, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've been in. Sorry. <clears throat> Got an old pipe. Mm-hmm. So, I'd. Um, been working for six years at the time mm-hmm. back in. So a lot, lot of schooling. I mean, yeah. You know, before be the, before the six years, I it was four years of college, mm-hmm. and actually, I, my undergrad was done at Franklin College, which is in Franklin, Indiana. Uh huh. And then um, after uh, college, I went to med school in Indiana as well, Indiana University. That was um, I did four years in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and then um, it was time to do my residency. And so I decided to do family practice. That's that was my that was my choice. And I really wanted to um, move to Nashville. Oh, really? To do my residency. Oh, okay. Because I've been in Nashville a few times um, when I was younger. And I loved it there, and I was like, this would be a great place to go and live for a few years and do my residency. And then we'd go back to Indiana. After, the plan was to go back to Indiana after that. Yeah. So I really wanted to do Nashville, but at the time I could not find a family practice residency in. The city. Okay. Man, there might be one now, but at the time I couldn't find one. So <clears throat> I did end up finding, I was um, in my fourth year of medical school that you get all these things in the mail about come do these rotations. Yeah. So I got this rotation about come do, come practice a month of medicine in the mountains of Tennessee. Mm, so Sounds good to me. Yeah. So I, I applied for that um, 
rotation, and I, I got picked, and I went. I actually lived in um, this little town called Sneedville, Tennessee. Sneedville, yeah. yes, very familiar with it. <laughs> I am actually. Are you really? Yes. All right. So that's, that's. I mean, a lot of cool stuff happens yeah. in Sneedville. So, um, I lived. I was in. Sne- it sounds like something in like a, um, like a kids movie. Oh or yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, yeah. yeah it's yeah. Dr. Seuss. So I lived in Sneed. I did, I did a rotation with a doctor there, and I loved it. And I, I loved that we – I did like three weeks. and But I spent a week also – we took a week, and we went in like to the Tri-Cities area, Bristol, yeah. Kingsport, Johnson mm-hmm. City, mm-hmm. and went there for a week and did some other stuff. And that's when I found out about the family practice residency program out there. Mm-hmm. And so I got really interested in it and applied to that, and I got, I got uh, selected to go there. So we spent – Right after med school, me and my wife got married, and we moved to East Tennessee, where I did my residency. We lived, oh, wow. in, we lived in a little town called Bluff City, which is yeah. in between Bristol and Johnson City, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was great. I lo- I loved I loved it. And yeah, how long was that? That was three years. Three years. And the plan all along was to come back to Indiana. Indiana so after mm-hmm. after that was done, my son was four months old. He, he we just had him, and we moved back. So yeah, we moved back to Indiana in. Uh, 2006 after i finished yeah. finished up there so six years later yes. fast forward correct your family's more established your son's yep. six seven mm-hmm. uh your daughter is she was almost five, four, five. Four, yeah mm-hmm. she was close to five okay so you know kind of tell us what happened uh in in uh, may of 2012 yeah so may 3rd 2012 i was like i said it was uh american dream and uh i thought i'd reached it and um that's what i plan on doing but then God had other, had other plans, I guess. So it was um, uh, my day off from work, and uh, it was a Thursday. So my son was in school that day, so he was a kindergartner. And mm-hmm. my wife and my daughter were running a garage sale at our house that day. It was like a neighborhood neighborhood garage sale type yeah. thing. And my father-in-law called me earlier in that morning and said we had these. We were looking for flowers for our front porch, yeah. hanging baskets. So right. he called and said they had some in stock. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I should come in and check them out. So I ran in that morning to look at them and end up buying them. And I can kind of remember being in the hardware store that morning, but I can't remember ever. I don't remember leaving it mm. because I'm on my way home. I was going the normal way, the normal way home, going through a like where two kind of country highways met up. There's a flashing four way stop, flashing red light. Yeah, all the way around. I'm looking at the pictures. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, I was making my way through, and uh, another truck was coming at the same time, didn't stop, and. Uh, struck my passenger side and pushed me into this concrete pole and hmm. um, wrapped my wrapped my truck around that and um, wow. again this is all stuff I don't remember. So he was going he's really going, fast. He went sixty. 60. Basically, they, they thought he was going about sixty. Yeah, because um, he uh, for some reason he didn't he he wasn't paying attention. Didn't, he didn't see the stop. Didn't see me. I don't know. If he was exactly what was going on. But so yeah, um, uh, I don't I don't remember much. I don't remember anything about that. Or about the ride home, yeah, or yeah. a lot of this is secondhand. Exactly. Now. That's what, when I tell people the story, they're like I can't believe you remember that. Like well, I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody last night about it, and they said that it's amazing that you remember this. And like, yeah. well, I don't remember. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Yeah. Um, so, do you know what happened to your body physically? Like, were, did you have your seatbelt? on? Yeah, I had my seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. But yes. you're hit on blindsided. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I. Uh, it was if you see my truck, it's a miracle that I didn't have any more injuries than I had because yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna post a link. I to didn't your have story. any. Uh, I had some. I didn't have too many broken bones. I had some broken ribs. Yeah, and one of those um, ended up puncturing my lung, but mm. I didn't break any arms or legs or you know my back, my neck. I mean, it was just all. I didn't break. I don't. It was amazing that I didn't break any bones. Yeah. But, huh. but the um, 
the most significant and injury I had that day was from uh, when my truck hit the pole. My head ended up going through my the driver's side window hit hit that pole, and so okay, and that and that uh, was the so it went through the window and literally yeah. I, hit somebody the pole. said that told me mm. that when they got like one of the rescue workers said when they got to the scene, my head was like laying against the pole. I, could, oh, I was just laying against there. Geez, um, man. So that ended up causing a traumatic brain injury, and that's mm-hmm. what has, uh, without a doubt, caused the uh, most significant problems for me in those long-term problems. That, yeah, you know, permanent injuries. So you you hit um, you your head hit the pole, correct? And yeah. you don't remember anything from no, that point on. No, I mean I don't remember. It. Yeah, even even going back probably ten or fifteen minutes, I don't remember, I don't remember like the drive there or anything. But mm-hmm. as far as when my head hit the pole, I don't I don't remember the that happening. I don't remember what happened next. I mean, mm-hmm. they had uh, when the rescue workers got there, they were having a hard time getting to me because I was you know one one side was uh, bashed in from the truck, the other side was bashed in from the yeah. from the pole. So they had to uh, cut the top off my truck to, to get you to out. get to me, mm-hmm. and so they got me out and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks yeah. brutal. Yeah, they got me out. And they just they got me on a put me in an ambulance, but the ambulance basically just took me across the street because that's where the helicopter landed. Okay, um, helicopter landed and they put me in that. and They flew me up to, to Chicago. They did they close close to there. Chicago. It was um just outside of Chicago. It's a suburb called Oaklawn mm-hmm. at a hospital called Christ Advocate. So it was like a trauma center. And 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 who told your wife? And mm, yeah. how did they find right? Out? So um. They, uh, somebody, where the accident happened at was, uh, right by this gas station and there was a, uh, like an oil change station there as well. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple, there were a couple people there. I don't think anyone really saw the accident or somebody, I think maybe one person saw it, but I think they ended up leaving, mm-hmm. but, but a lot of people heard it because it was really loud. And, yeah. and so the people that were in the oil change station, they heard it. And so one of the people, one of the, one of the, uh, people in there was a, um, uh, she was a, I don't know if she was, I think she was a patient, but her family was definitely, her husband was a patient of mine and her kid was a patient of mine. So she came out there and she had, she has some kind of medical background. So she wanted to see what she could do. So, um, basically she, she thought she didn't think I was alive the way I looked. She thought she'd have to start, start CPR, but when she got close enough to see that I was still breathing. Yeah. So, um, she ended up calling 911 and then, so she watched the whole thing. She watched them as they took me out, but, uh, she says when she, she didn't know it was me until they got me out. Like when wow. she, when she went in there and like checked on me, she didn't know, she didn't know it was me. Yeah. Um, but once they got me out and she recognized it was me, she called my office because mm-hmm. she didn't have my wife's number or my home number. So she called the office, the doctor's office and spoke with one of the, my, uh, uh, partners, my, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the doctors there, and he's the one that called my wife to okay. say, you know, this is what, what's happened. And mm-hmm. she was at home mm-hmm. doing the garage sale thing, and mm-hmm. um, she immediately called one of our neighbors named Jen, and Jen came over to kind of. She said, "I, I need you over here to help me out because mm-hmm. she, she didn't really know what she needed. She just needed somebody there." Yeah, yeah. And so she came over, helped her out, mm-hmm. and then uh, she ended up calling her parents. Her parents mm-hmm. were, you know, came home and. They got in the car and she called my parents. Drove. She called my parents and told them what was going on. They yeah. they headed up there. I'd imagine it's like within an hour, like all like they're on the road. Yeah, right. So you know, and then and you. she didn't know. I mean, all she knew is that I was in a horrible car accident and then I was a lifeline. So mm-hmm. she's 
she didn't know if I'm alive. I'm, so she was, you know, I think for a second there, she, got, she even thought like, do I, need, do I need to get the kids? So she took, she got get, went and got my son from school. Mm-hmm. My daughter was home because she didn't know when they got, be, this would be the last time he'd see me. Right. She, she didn't know what they're going to see when they got up right. there. So did they come up? Yeah, they came up. They did. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think they went back in the ER though because it has been too much, but they yeah. were, they were there. Um, mm-hmm. So she was making this whole, she made this whole drive. She wasn't driving, but she made this whole ride from our house to Chicago, not knowing if I was alive or when she, when right. I got there, if I was going to be alive. So. Yeah. And she's probably calling the hospital. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, right. And they really, I think it, they didn't know too much yet because they hadn't really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if I hadn't quite got there yet or mm-hmm. they hadn't, they hadn't run too many tests. So they didn't really know my, the extent of my injuries yet. Yeah. Because, so tell me, um, you know, what, to your best knowledge, what, what happened to you? Uh, you, you almost died on the scene. Yeah. Right. Like how, uh, tell me uh, any more specifics about yeah, just the medical side. Right. Of the, um, I don't think I get too many specifics. I don't, the, um, I was actually able to meet the paramedic that was working that day because this later, is, yeah, this is, yeah, this is a story of why, how I met him was kind of crazy too, because so, um, one of the other workers there picked up my stethoscope thinking it was, his name's Mike, the paramedic. So they gave oh. it, they gave it to him mm-hmm. and they, so, um, Mike had this stethoscope that he knew it wasn't his. He's like, maybe it's his, maybe it's the doctor that was in the truck. So he went to the ER a few months later and, um, was, he brought a patient in and there was a nurse that was working up there that, uh, was back from my hometown and her son was in my daughter's kindergarten class mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her name is uh, Melissa. So Melissa says to the paramedic says, um, do you remember that guy that, um, a few, you know, several months ago that was in the bad car accident there and at the four way stop and, you know, and, uh, Mike's like, I, he probably, he died. Didn't he? I thought he died. Uh-huh. And she's like, no, he's alive. And, mm-hmm. um, his his daughter his I saw I see him like every day at Scott because he picks his daughter up from school every I see him there. Wow. He's like, Hold like he goes, I can't believe that and he goes, Tell that guy I have a I have a stethoscope. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she able she was able to get the stethoscope from him and bring it and give it to my wow. I think she gave it to my wife one time at the school and so wow. I I still have the stethoscope. That's I, crazy. I still have it. So um but Mike, I've talked to Mike a few times and he said he he hasn't been real specific. He just said there were a few times like my vitals, just like my blood pressure dropped and you know, he thought that I was dying, dying. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but man, he knew, he knew what to do because he mm-hmm. did all, I mean, he, uh, he, he, he kept thought, you alive. He, he kept me alive. Yeah. He, he had to put a, a chest tube in me cause I had a you know, punctured lung and my right. lung was collapsed and uh-huh. I'm not sure what all, all else he had to do, but, um, Wow. I know did that. you, so you don't remember any of it. Did no. you, you don't remember the helicopter flight? Mm-hmm. You, you, you no. were out. Yeah. Your, your body was was trying to protect itself. Yeah, your brain was right. Was just shut down. Yeah. Were you in a coma then at that point? I guess you'd probably say so. I know that another thing they had to do besides the chest, they had um, you know, whenever uh, one of the things that um, when you're like in shock or so, I guess you know, in a state like that, your blood pressure drops because all the all your blood kind of runs to your core. Yeah, all the to, to protect, keep your vitals to protect itself, right? Yeah. And so my blood pressure dropped so low. That they couldn't find an IV to put the, to put um, fluid, so they had to put something called an interosseous line in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with you know what that no, is. No, doesn't yeah. sound good. <laughs> it's not. They basically had to stick a big needle in my bone, like oh. my arm, and so that was how they gave me fluids. Oh, so wow. Um, so that was one. That's something I do. But I know the chest tube. Um, by the time I got to the um, 
hospital in Chicago, I'd pulled my chest tube out. You did on yeah, your own. On my own. So <laughs> I guess that uh because I was a doctor, I knew that I didn't need any more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I took it out I took it out myself. <laughs> you're you're yeah. doing yeah, yeah, doing yeah. surgery yeah. on yourself I'm here. A, I'm a, Oh man. Well, um, that's crazy. Um, I hear you can't like side note, like stethoscope, like you can't couldn't hear your, your own heartbeat, right? With a stethoscope. Can you? You could you or, or could I? W- could you? Could you? Yeah. Would you have been able to or can you? I don't even know. Like, like you're say asking if you could take a stethoscope could, right now. Could I take a yeah, stethoscope and oh, hear my own yeah, heartbeat? Of course you I could. Really? You can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I thought you couldn't. <laughs> no, you can. Because it was, I don't know. You can. Connected. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's random and probably won't make the episode. But um, so, <laughs> so you are, you don't remember anything about it. What do you remember first? What's the mm-hmm. first thing you remember? And when was it? Yeah. So um, the first hospital I went to was a, more like a like a trauma. trauma center. So I was there for a week and that's a, I don't remember that place at all. You don't, I don't remember I don't, I don't remember being there. And I thought maybe when I went I had to go back there to see a doctor as a follow up appointment. I thought yeah. maybe when I went back I'd remember some things, but I don't remember at all. So after a week I was transferred. Were you awake then? Uh, did yeah. they think you were present I was, or I mean I was awake but I wasn't your eyes open? I was awake. I wasn't really You don't remember your it family wasn't, visiting? It wasn't meaningful, no. 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 My wife said that I would um I wasn't talking much, but if somebody asked me like Who's that? I would say wife. Uh-huh. So Ooh, I, did, I did. I did some stuff that mm-hmm. showed people that I was somewhat there, mm-hmm. but I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. So after a week, I was transferred to this rehab hospital in downtown Chicago mm-hmm. called called the Rehab Institute of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Good was <laughs> yeah, and it was right downtown, um, right on Lakeshore Drive, overlooking yeah. Lake Michigan. Yeah, and I was there. I must have been there like. An, a week and a half or so, so about two and a half weeks total, and I think that's when I started waking up. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I remember when I woke up was um, I was up on the tenth floor. You know, it was really pretty looking out at the out of Lake Michigan. Yeah, but um, I actually thought I was. My first thought was I was on. Vac- I thought I was on vacation, mm. and I was in a hotel. I thought I was laying in my hotel room oh looking at the ocean because it was beautiful. Yeah, cause so yeah, so so that's when I, when I first woke up. I didn't. I didn't know. Where I was, yeah, but that's what I thought. I, th- I thought I was on. I thought I was on. So that's when probably I, all the drugs and yeah, medications right. you were on. So that's when I started asking. I think I started asking my wife and other people with a lot of questions, like what's going on, mm-hmm. where where am I at, and then um, were your kids there the whole time? Yeah, they, they yeah. I mm-hmm. think I'm not sure when they. I know they kept them away from me for a few days while I was in really bad shape. But yeah. I think after a few days they came back. And but I know that. Um, my son, they're, like they're, the way they responded was different. My son really wanted to get back there and be by me and see me. And my, I think my daughter probably did, but she was just too scared. Yeah. So anytime they took her, she would get scared, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't force her to go in there. Yeah. yeah. But um, at some point, when I was at the second hospital, you know, when I became more awake. She mm-hmm. was, she, she was okay with it. Yeah. I was able to say her name. And, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So after. After I started to wake up, I just kept asking questions, like the same questions over and over again. I would ask a question, then ten minutes later, ask the same question, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know, you know, how the accident happened and like where it happened at. And I was trying to figure out in my head all that stuff. Jeez. And there was a period too where um, I wanted to talk to people. Like I wanted my wife to call people. And I wanted to talk to them, and you wouldn't. Um, I would, yeah, I would, yeah, oh, you would I would, talk to them. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very emotional. I would just, I would start crying, and uh, uh, 
you know, like, like your love for them kind of a thing? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. Just, just like everything. Pre, pre, yeah, pre, it's overwhelmed. felt it all. Overwhelmed, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. She, she said to my also, I always asked, one of the things I always asked them was, I would ask, like, did so, did, did so, what did so-and-so say when they found out my accident? Mm-hmm. And they'd say, like, I'd say, well, did they cry? <laughs> I always want, I always want to know if the person cried or not. I guess that's how I gauge that's how I gauged our closeness. Yeah, yeah. If they cry, then they're yeah. then they're good. Yeah. They're close. If they didn't cry, then yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, must, they must not care. <laughs> yeah, well, she said I always asked, did they cry? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, people are just starting to lie to you about it. You yeah. Know, like, like, yes. Oh, oh yes, yeah. They bawled. Yes, they bawled. Like, yeah, yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> Oh man! Wow. So, but just, yeah, that was really it. Was really like the she said it was. Um, there were some people that I wanted to talk to. It made sense that I wanted to talk to this person because I was pretty close with them. But there are other people like that I that I were acquaintances. I knew them, but I wanted to call them. And mm-hmm. she, um, she always did it though. Like if you want to talk, I'll talk. Call them. You must see a reason you want to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. So how long did this go on? The 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 the, the, the quote unquote initial recovery, just the physical recovery. Yeah. So, um, I guess talking about like after after a brain injury, you get something called post traumatic amnesia. That's when yeah. you like don't know what's going on uh-huh. and have no clue where you are. That for me lasted about two and a half to three weeks. Okay, but after that kind of went away, I was able to be more um, active in my therapy sessions, physical therapy, and um, uh, actually end up being able to leave the hospital after a month, which so they, what- which they were very surprised by because their initial thought was that. Um, based on the severity of my injuries and uh, like how my how my um, recovery is going, they thought I would need like a long term yeah. therapy. That they thought after I left this first after I left left this first rehab hospital, I need to go to like a long term, mm-hmm. almost for like months, maybe even maybe even sure. years. Sure. So they started looking for places. My wife was like looking, and you, and, and yeah. you ended up not having to do that. Yeah. Um, she came in one morning, kind of prepared to make that decision, mm-hmm. and. Um, she walked in the room. She said, the doctor's in there with me, and I was talking to him, and she's like, what happened? And, and the doctor's like, you know, I know I told you he probably needed to go to someplace else, but based on what I'm seeing today, like, I think you're going to be able to take him home. It's crazy. So tell me, what 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 was what was the the consequences of the injury? What, what happened? What, what did you lose the ability to do? What have you yeah. uh, not regained back since then? Sure. Uh, and just kind of tell me just all of that. It meant mental, emotional, yeah. physical, wh- what was the damage? Yeah. So physical, I mean, um, you know, sometimes after a brain injury, people can't have a hard time, like making words, producing words, um, like almost like a stroke. Yeah, person. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they have problems with, um, you know, they they have trouble walking. They can't. They forgot to walk. Mm-hmm. Those things came back to me pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had trouble like saying words, but the, what I struggled with was like saying the right words. Right. When I was make, having a conversation, like thinking about what I wanted to say and getting it to come out, um, being able to pay attention to a conversation and uh, figure out what they're trying to tell me, mm-hmm. like what what certain words meant. Um, hmm. Word. I was having word finding problems. So if I was having a conversation with somebody, I would. I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't think of the word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so anytime that happened, it would. It was very frustrating, mm-hmm. which kind of makes it even harder to think of the word. Yeah. Um. Because the more stressed out you get. Oh yeah. Um. So they did a lot of my therapy, with my goal being being that I was a doctor. My goal being to go back to being a doctor. They they targeted a lot of my therapy at what they call executive level functioning. Being mm-hmm. able being able to you know 
think and do things that a, a doctor should be able to do. So a lot of my therapy was, was targeted at, at those sort of things, you know, problem solving and, um, uh, word finding, mm-hmm. learning how to, when I do, when I did get, get hung up on a word, ways I can like figure out mm-hmm. without getting too frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the therapy was targeted at that. And that was all done through a speech therapist and, uh-huh. uh, and did that help you a lot? Yeah. I mean, I'm right. I mean, you you don't sound sure like there's right. You have yeah struggle with that too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I struggle the same. Yeah, like I told you before, the, the, this morning has been uh, the fact that we're doing this in the morning is better because I, if I do this at night, I would not yeah. be able to do nearly as well. Yeah. Um, but it's somewhat gotten better too. I mean, the 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 communication and the speech and. I mean, I was never having trouble enunciating words, no worse than usual. I think mm-hmm. sometimes my wife says I, I mumble a lot of times and I slur stuff. Yeah. But um, if I get tired or on certain days, I do have trouble with slurring my words. Uh-huh. And on those days, I just don't say much. I just take it easy. And, yeah. 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 Um, but some days I can talk pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was all executive level functioning stuff mm-hmm. targeted at me. Mm-hmm. With my goal of being back to practicing medicine, and yeah. um, the speech therapy I did initially lasted a few months, and I kind of peaked out, I guess, because mm-hmm. I wasn't back to work yet. They mm-hmm. thought like there was nothing else for me to do at this point, um, so I had to go back to get cleared by the doctors to work again. They had to do some really intense testing to make sure that I was okay for me. So mm-hmm. I went back there and did all this testing. They cleared me to go back to work, although I had some limitations on how to, you know. Some they had recommendations on how I should do that, mm. so I made it back to work after five months. Um, another miracle, but I, when I when I got back to work, I noticed my speech wasn't as good as I thought because yeah. when I was uh, seeing patients and I was trying to explain to them uh, what was going wrong, I mean, I knew what was wrong with them, I knew yeah. what medicines I needed, but I was having a hard hard time explaining to them what what it was and why I was doing what I was doing. So um, I had to go back and do more speech therapy at that point to kind of. Mm work on those things right so yeah. you did you did you ever get back fully to practice because you don't practice now, no right? no mm-hmm. i never got back i think i got at one point i was back to full-time hours but it was never back to the same i wasn't seeing as many patients as i was before yeah. and um uh luckily i was able to practice good sound medicine and good yeah. do, do my job just as well but it was just i couldn't see as many. i had to do things a lot i had to changed the way i practice a lot it took yeah, me yeah. it took me a lot longer yeah. and it's i would imagine as somebody who likes to connect with people mm-hmm. who is an extrovert probably mm-hmm. and i was more of an ex i was more of an extrovert before i'm not too much of an i mean I, i'm kind of in a weird place now where i'm introverted but i still i don't know and i'm not i'm not sure how to call myself now but before i was definitely an extrovert yeah but then for a period there I went through a stage where I was really an introvert. Well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, but now I'm kind of like somewhere in between. Well, I, I just wonder what it did for you, you know, um, just spiritually, what that journey yeah, was, was like for you. That's 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 a big part of this. Yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah, I mean, trying to just knowing you're a different person now, like your personality is different. You, know, you look completely this, you look exactly the same, but you just feel like a much different person, and it mm. was hard for me to accept that and it was hard for me to explain that to other people and uh it was hard for me to expect them to understand it because 
when I didn't quite understand it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that was a uh, that was tough. It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just frustration yeah. about you know I would imagine you know what what why did why did this happen to me? Right. You start wondering about your purpose in life and yeah. what's the purpose of all this? Right. Yeah. I mean, I almost felt uh, guilty because I knew that. The fact that I survived was a miracle, and I knew the recovery I had was a miracle. But um, I felt like I should—I felt like I should have been more thankful for that. E- but even though, but for there's a times I was still like so uh, upset with the fact that I wasn't back to who I was before, mm-hmm. despite all the the recovery and mm-hmm. my survival. I was still—I didn't understand why I was still so upset with that. Yeah, yeah. So you, because you were you able to work through some of that or yeah. still working through that? Yeah, I think I've worked, I, yeah, it's still working. I think I've worked through a lot of it because yeah. um, you see other people with a brain injury that wasn't a severe mind and they've had, they're not doing nearly as well. And yeah. most people feel like, why am I feeling sorry for myself when this person is in this, in this shape? So mm-hmm. um, it was, but yeah, I've been able to work through a lot of that. Um, uh, just the uh, accepting that it happened the it way hap- it happened. It happened the way it happened, and you know, God had a plan in this. And I'm, yeah. What do you think God's plan is? Have you figured it out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or are you um, still figuring I'm still, it out? I mean, yeah. I think I think if I ever if I ever get to the point where I think I have everything figured out, I'm in trouble. So yeah, yeah. I'm always trying to figure out, like, you know, what is, and it's different season. What's God want me to do in this season? What's in this season? But I've just been more open to what he what he has what he what he wants me to do yeah and accepting it and if god wants me to not do much during this time i'm not gonna do much if i feel like he's calling me to be more active and uh get more involved with my um telling my story during mm-hmm. this season i'll do that because mm-hmm. i'm telling you like the um if i tried to like just base some because of my brain injury i, I struggle with fatigue a lot and i get tired mm-hmm. and when i don't when i get tired everything everything is in bad shape but um mm-hmm. um so there i have to do certain seasons where I'm more active, but then I'll take a break and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of going hundred percent all the time, yeah. in full force. Before we dive into kind of what, what you're moving into now, how did your relationship with your kids and your, your wife and your kids change? Um, my wife was headed to take on a lot more responsibility than she did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my wife's an introvert by nature. And I think that for a period there, we almost, we, 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 we totally reversed our roles there because I was always the extrovert. She was the introvert. And there was a season where I was an introvert and she had to, she kind of stepped into to an extrovert role. Mm. Um, again, like I'm kind of in a weird place now where I'm not sure what I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, well, she's really, uh, she's, um, I guess came out of her, um, came out of her shells, right? She's, she's never been in a shell, but, mm-hmm. um, so she's got to take a lot more responsibility with the kids and, um, you know, it's been challenging for her because she went from being uh, married to a guy one day, the next day, this guy's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, Your personality changed? Yeah, it's it's, it's different for mm-hmm. sure. Um, what did it go from to what? I think before I was, uh, I'm a lot, uh, I think I'm a lot more, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of people laugh when I say this, but um, I'm more cerebral now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, after a head I can injury, see why after, that? Yeah, yeah, like I, you're more thinking. Yeah, I'm more thinking and um, introspective. Yeah, I don't like, like I don't do well with small talk. I have a hard time just talking about 
surfacey things and mm-hmm. it just well you're wanting to know if people are crying yeah right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly i want mm-hmm. to get deep yeah. um so I, I think i think that's probably the biggest thing about my personality's change is that mm-hmm. just my you used to be more easygoing yeah lighthearted, yeah. and right yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think i think yeah that lighthearted is good mm-hmm. sometimes i get from sometimes i wish i could just relax a little more and yeah. be a little, but um you, did you go from type b to type a I, maybe a little bit yeah, yeah yeah huh interesting i think i think that's probably pretty accurate yeah but my kids of um they were pretty i asked my son the other day if he remember he has he said he doesn't remember much of how it was like before the accident so yeah um which kind of surprised me because he was about six when it happened but he said that but they've they've uh they know that things are different now and that mm-hmm. um there's certain things that frustrate me or that I just can't have, have a hard time dealing with. And, yeah. Um, but they've all, they've all been on this journey with me and they've, you know, there's times that I'm sure all of them get frustrated with things that I can't do anymore mm-hmm. or things that I struggle with, but, um, yeah, they they do well. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, uh, you wrote a book about this. I did. Called, uh, Finding Normal. Yep. Uh, an uninvited change and unexpected outcome. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is what is the new normal? What is the uh, what's what's been the journey of finding normal, mm-hmm. and what's the new normal? Would you say? Yeah. So finding normal. The the name finding normal um, kind of touches on two things. After this, after you have a brain injury, the doctors talk about. Uh, how you're going to be a different person and that what was once normal for you is no longer the case and you got to figure out what this new normal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think early on, and I think part of it was because my recovery went so well at first, I thought that you I would be normal. I, yeah, I thought they they had, they had underestimated mm-hmm. me or maybe they had over-exaggerated my injuries and I was going to get back to who I was before because yeah. you know, that was my experience. You work hard, and my experience from the past, if you put enough effort into it and work hard enough, sure. then, then you'll get it. Very self-reliant. Yeah, so that was that was my Pick goal. Pick yourself up by yep, the bootstraps. Exactly. So that was my goal. So that was my, when I, when I say finding normal, that was my goal. It was to find my old normal. <laughs> and then somewhere along this journey, you know, as I was doing all I could to get get it back and uh, working hard at it and doing everything I thought I had to do, that despite that, I wasn't. I wasn't getting there. I was still, I was different and I wasn't getting back to who I was before. And that's when I realized that, um, I started thinking about the word normal. And I, somewhere along the line, I realized that, uh, maybe the normal I wanted wasn't even the one I should be looking for mm. this normal. Cause maybe, maybe there were things about this old normal that I was so desperate to find that weren't the best for me. Yeah. And so I kind of figured out what this, this new normal I figured out was, a totally different normal than I mm-hmm. thought it would be. And what does that normal look like now? Do you think in your <laughs> in your cerebralness right now? <laughs> yeah, you know what 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 does that normal look like? Um, and it's maybe right. best for you. Yeah. Well, I hope this new normal is. I hope my new new normal is characterized by not being so much about myself, but mm-hmm. being more about serving other people, mm-hmm. and not being so proud and and self-reliant on myself being willing to accept help from other people and to uh, be willing to uh give myself over to, to god's will and to what he wants me to do and um depending on him more than depending on my own strengths and own mm-hmm. uh own abilities but mm-hmm. being more 
reliant. Just be more reliant. Yeah, more, more reliant on my friends and family to help me. More reliant on God to help me. So rather than trying to depend on myself and what I can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why? So why it takes something like that oh. to finally get through? Um, yeah. The um, when I talk to people about my uh, journey and my injury, um, sometimes I'll say to them, I mean, I almost. On my good days, <laughs> not every on my good days where I'm thinking, where I think feel like I'm thinking most clearly, I can I think my I think of all this as being a ble- my brain injury is almost a blessing because mm-hmm. it's, I've learned so much that I wouldn't have that I didn't know before, and if um, you know maybe God would have taught me these lessons and, sh- and showed me these things eventually anyway, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, if this was how He wanted to teach me those lessons and teach me these things as a, as a brain injury, then I'll. I'll, do it. I'll be thankful for it and look at it as a blessing. What are you compelled to do now? Like, what, what's your life look like now? And what do you what 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 moves you? What what drives you? What's the message you want people to hear by starting this blog? Yeah, and going out. I'm assuming and speaking, speaking more. Yep. And now this, uh, and we can say it. The movie. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a movie mm-hmm. that you're working on. Yeah. That not, that so. that Jack Vale yeah. will be producing mm-hmm. yeah and that's crazy actors are yet to be announced <laughs> right and- yeah well it's yeah it's early on in the process it's and I guess I'm learning all this stuff myself and it is all very uh, it was surprising and it's exciting but yeah I'm just learning it as we go and yeah I think they call this the development stage of yes. the movie so <laughs> yeah these are all terms that I'm figuring out and. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's so. I, th- I think the um, uh, the message and why I do my writing, why I wrote the book, is just to um, uh, to show people that even though we have these visions for our life, we have we imagine our lives going a certain way, and um, that more than likely it's not going to work out that way. Yeah, and even though things aren't going the way you planned and it's hard to see any good happening from what's what's going on that um god's in control of the situation he can he don't, he's going to use what you're going through for some purpose mm-hmm. and that there's um there's hope mm-hmm. and uh it's about it's a very cliche type answer but no we yeah. all need hope yeah. we need yeah. to hear it every single well, think, day yeah i think so i mean yeah yeah I think we've always seen it, but it seems like today it's so easy to find stories where how bad things are and uh, not just not to negate that there's some bad things happening, but right. um, not be ignorant about it. Yeah. But God, God's God can use anything for, for good, for good. Yeah. You a quote a scripture here and I really like it. And I think it sums up where you are now. Um, Revelation three fifteen through 16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, which is a very bad word, mm-hmm. neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Um, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So the what that verse has, has meant to me has changed that changed for me a few years ago. Um, growing up in the church, I I knew the Bible. I, I knew some verses. I wasn't 
I wasn't by no means like a biblical scholar, but that was a verse I was fairly familiar with, even though I didn't read Revelation much because Revelation just seemed confusing to me. Right. Um, didn't quite understand what was going on, but that was a verse I'd heard many times. And anytime I heard that verse, I would, I remember I, the first thing I'd think to myself was like, I felt so bad for these lukewarm people that, mm-hmm. you know, these are people that seem like pretty decent people. They're, you know, trying to do their best and um, uh, they thought they were doing enough and mm-hmm. they had no idea when they, went to God or to Jesus that he thought that way about him. Like yeah. they were, they had to be so shocked that, you know, I didn't do enough. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't realize they were lukewarm. Yeah. And so uh, I was with my wife at a conference one time and it was a conference I really didn't want to go to. Mm. Um, I wanted to go to, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to get away for a while. I didn't mm. want to, I wasn't planning on learning anything new while I was there. I didn't feel like I needed to change too much in my faith. Like I, I had a ride. Prideful I'd, about. I had a ride. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I have. I made it. I had made it in my faith. So yeah. Um, we were listening to this talk, the speaker talk, and he, uh, he, he reads that verse, and I was like, man, I, I heard that verse totally different that day because mm. that day instead of thinking, just feeling bad for these lukewarm people, I started thinking like, I think that's me, like. I think when he's talking to these lukewarm people, that could be that could very well be me he's talking to, mm-hmm. and uh, something I I don't know it, something changed me that something changed my heart that day, and um, I felt like I think that was a point where I was I'm not sure how long that was how far I was out after my accident, but I was I felt like I was I was at a point where I was having a hard time seeing like what's in the future. Yeah, I was still working at the time, mm-hmm. but um, uh. Did you feel like you could identify with the lukewarm? Exactly. Yeah. I felt, yeah. So um, I felt like God was waking me up and uh, kind of opening my eyes to these things I needed to work on and things that He wanted to change in me. And so uh, that kind of was like a spiritual transformation change that day, I guess. And um, I wanted to learn all I could about how not to be lukewarm and yeah. how God really wanted me so to you live. Just got- you got hot for God, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I know a lot of times you, a lot of times people go to those conferences and they come home they come home hot and mm-hmm. that can wear off after a while. Not to say that I ever have seasons where I uh I'm not on fire for God, but some, something changed in, on that and I haven't I've never been the same. Yeah. yeah. You have a greater purpose for what you're doing. Yeah. Is that why you left the practice eventually? Is you wanted to do these some of these other things or uh, a, a combination of things? I was I was I had I had to, at the point, I think that um, I was really starting to feel like in my practice, I think before I really wasn't um, too vocal about my faith at work. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of was able to divide up like this is my, this is my, put them in this is my spiritual life and this is my secular life. Secular is my doctor. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the right. spiritual, but I'd kind of reached a point where I was able to incorporate more of my spiritual life mm-hmm. and uh, things things of God into yeah. work. And so it was yeah. really it was really cool for me. So um I was I was able to kind of find a home there. But um uh my neurologist I was actually the one that had me retire from medicine. That was in January of sixteen. He had me uh based on um some symptoms I was starting to have headaches and um memory issues and I had an MRI done recently that showed some changes in my brain that were concerning for him, like some scar tissue and some, okay. like the healthy tissue of my brain was starting to shrink. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was concerned. How was it? Sorry. He was, I wasn't making mistakes yet mm-hmm. in practice. I was still practicing, you know, sound medicine, but he was concerned for my near future. And and the work would, would increase that? Yeah. They, increase the he thought the, generation. Yes. He thought things? the work was making the, 
the problems in my brain speed up. Okay. And he was just worried that that was going to continue and that I'd eventually start making mistakes. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he wanted to get me to, get me out before that started. So okay. I had to retire. Mm-hmm. I always knew that my career was going to be cut short. Uh, but I thought I'd work still work like a pretty long career. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I thought too is that when that started to happen, that would be like a slow process and I would know it was coming. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this happened literally like overnight and so sudden was... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and so you made this decision suddenly, and now you also made a decision to move to Nashville. <laughs> like, what? Why? Why'd you come back? You yeah. always just wanted to live here. Yeah, there was the, um, like the community or like Tennessee. Always want to get back to Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this sign or this shirt around here. It says that um, I wasn't more than this. I wasn't more than the South, but I got here as fast as I could. <laughs> I've seen that. So yeah. that's, I guess that's kind of appropriate for me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, there was a, it was, um, so the, the retirement happened in January and, uh, we moved in sep- September. So there was a few months and, um, we had, uh, well, even before, so in January of 16, I had to retire, but in December of that year, December 15, so a month before that, me and my wife and kids came down to Nashville for vacation. Yeah. And, um, we just spent like a week just relaxing at Opryland, and we didn't we didn't do much. It was just a relaxing, relaxing week. But um, me and my wife, neither one of us said it to it at the time, but we both like felt like this could be home. like a future home. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but mm-hmm. I mean I had a job at the time. We had family back home, a church. We had she had a job. Mm-hmm. Like there would be no reason for us to move, but for some reason we thought that we saw that this could be a future home for us. Mm-hmm. So we had no idea next month I was gonna be I was gonna be told I had to retire. Yeah. And so soon following that, I think we started thinking more seriously about moving. Yeah. Um it was gonna be hard to keep being I was a doctor in this small town. Everybody knew me as the doctor and mm-hmm. um that was my uh identity, I guess, mm-hmm. part of my image there. Yeah. And so it was it was gonna be hard for me to it was hard for me to continue to uh be living in that community. Yeah. And not being the doctor, even yeah. though I, you know, yeah, because you'd um, see people and then yeah, everyone asking, so how are you doing? When right. are you going to get back to whatever? Right, right. Um, yeah. So we started thinking about it, and we started looking online at houses, and we end up speaking. Like I said, at the time she was working at the church, and she said, "I want to talk to our pastor about it and tell, see what his thoughts are about this." And, yeah. Um, not only was he her boss at work, but he was like a second dad to her. So yeah. it was somebody that. She'd yeah. known her whole life, so we really valued his advice. And he uh, he just made the suggestion, why don't you go down to – I want I want to move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. But my wife was like, I don't want to live in the city. Yeah. So let's look around there. So she found Franklin. Yeah. And so – Easy to fall in love Yeah, with. right. So um, <laughs> we looked online, and we decided – he goes, why don't you – he goes, I know you guys are talking about this, and you seem really eager to move down there, but you really should go down there. And like yeah. you've never been there before. You need to go down there and, and you know, just – rent an Airbnb and just live there for a week or two and see if you yeah. like it. And, yeah. You know, then you make your decision then. Yeah. And so we came down within a few days. We were like, this is I it. I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, we end up looking at homes before we left and we found the home we live in now the day before we left. It's great. Made an offer. And, 10 minutes from here. Yep. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. We, we, uh, I wanted to live close to like downtown Franklin cause I love it. I love yeah, like I historic downtown Franklin, but yeah, and so I found this, the house we're in now, I thought was like really well south of 
there. I wanted, I wanted to live closer to the city, but right. when we came here, I realized it wasn't enough. We drove by the neighborhood. I'm like, I think that's where that house is. Right, yeah. And so we ended up looking at it. and Yeah, that's only 10 want. minutes yeah. or so. From- yeah, we live less than 10 minutes from downtown, so it's, yeah. it's good. That's awesome. Well, man, I am uh, you know, inspired by your story, especially the whole lukewarmness. Yeah. If there's anything that I take away, it's uh, it's almost like, you know, you had to... You had to hit your head super hard and have yeah. a traumatic brain injury to to see it. to get it. Yeah, it was yeah. It's crazy how how God did that. And I feel like when I talk about my story, that's something people resonate with. And um, it's one of those things I wish I could give them. Like I wish I could take credit for that. But that wasn't like that was something God just did to me. Like it wasn't like I, I wasn't going to that conference looking to be awoke to be awakened to. It. I mean, it just God sure. spoke to me and yeah, He did it. He did it. I wish. Yeah, um, you you probably don't wish it would would have happened. That no, way, no, but. yeah. Because I said I, it's one. Yeah, people ask with all these all these things that happened to you. Do you, all these amazing things that have te- taken place since this happened? Is this? Mm-hmm. Are you think? Are you thankful for your brain injury? And I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I wish there had been another way for this all to happen. But if this is what it took, then yeah, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah, count the blessing. Man, I love your website too. Um, it's a real giving website. Obviously, there's information about your book and um, finding normal, and then um, your blog uh-huh. is uh, is really really interesting. Just all about relearning faith. Yeah. Um, ten things God taught me after my brain injury, living with brain injury. Ten things. You know, uh, there's just a lot of great um, content here. So if anyone whether you've had a brain injury or had any kind of anything traumatic happen in your yeah. life, you were talking earlier how you were friends with uh, Jared. Uh, what was his last name? Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Who, who recently committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and ironically spoke about that topic and mm-hmm. wrestled with depression mm-hmm. and mental right. um, illness. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyone that's wrestling with those sorts of things or just experienced something, something traumatic in their life, this is a very hopeful um, blog that you're writing. I hope so. Very important. Yeah, Jared was a good good friend. He really was, uh, when I started out, I couldn't practice medicine more. And I decided eventually that I wanted to share my story and maybe do a blog and stuff. He was the first person I reached out to, mm-hmm. and he was so helpful for me. And I wrote my book. He wrote the forward for it. And Did he? Yeah, I wrote the wrote I the forefront book, and he helped me helped me kind of piece together stuff from my blog into book form. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great guy and very helpful. He's helped he helped a lot of people. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I love that. I love it. he gave, he poured into a lot of people. Oh yeah, he saw those things for them sometimes mm-hmm. when he couldn't see it for himself i guess yeah that's what i'm learning but um and then you got a the video you got to watch the video <laughs> got to watch the video of your guys' story in that moment when your son <laughs> you know talks about you and how you're you've not changed you're still dad yeah you know, that was and, a, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one <laughs> you can't yeah. watch that too much but then yeah. the the reading list um really good books yeah. i'm not a fan i've had Kyle Eidelman oh, nice. um, on the podcast. Um, I used to work the the Not a Fan oh, nice. series and uh, some great recommended books here. Yeah, there's a, a – I was never a reader before my brain injury. Well – I didn't read, but – and, the, and here's the um, 
I guess this is the beauty of reading a book after brain injuries. I can read it multiple times because I may forget what I, I'm, I'll forget what I read. I'll forget what I read. So I'll, hey. re, I'll read the same book several times, and it's just as good as the first. Things I'll, to be thankful yeah. for. So, yeah, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. So these are all books that have helped you in your journey. Yeah. You know. And there's yeah that that's an old list. There's been a lot more since, and I should make, sure. I should update that list because, in fact, I think there's a um, I don't know. You probably. I think there's a I think there's a page on there. Like, is there a separate page on my on my website about books I wish I wrote or something like that? Yeah, that's that's what that's okay, what I'm looking okay, at. Okay, okay, I'm looking yeah. at bish, books I wish I gotcha, wrote, and then right. there's a a full reading list. Yes, okay. Which is oh man, these are all books you've read. 114. <laughs> I'm I better get to reading. Yeah, 114 books here. Like I said, I was never. Those wow. have all been read in the, over the past few mm-hmm. years. Like before, I didn't read at all. Now I'm always reading one or two books. Yeah. Um. But you're you're going to be doing a lot more of these podcasts. You're going to be doing a lot more conversations. Um, I think there's a lot of people that you need to reach out to and get engaged with and get engaged with this conversation because it's it's more than just a brain injury. Yeah, it's I hope so. Mental illness, right. depression. Um, it is such a big topic right now. Yeah, and you've wrestled with a lot yeah. of these issues, mm-hmm. and you have you found hope in the, yeah. in the process. Or anybody that's gone through a, some sort of traumatic event or experience. Like that. Yeah, yeah, the, the finding hope in that and you know this movie is going to be so important um i'm uh, so excited about what what the next couple of years are going to look like for you <laughs> it's gonna be something get a lot of rest <laughs> get a lot of rest it's but be you have a purpose and um you're an inspiring guy and i'm i'm really grateful that jack introduced us yeah and that we've gotten Thank to you, know jack. each other yeah mm-hmm so any uh, any final things you kind of want to leave us with as we as we wrap it up? Um, everybody needs to go to jeffhuxford.com. I'll put a link in the show notes um, to learn more about you. And yeah, just you. Um, if you want to stay uh, updated on what's going on, just yeah, like jeffhuxford.com. I'm on all social. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter. I try to share things on there that things I've read or things I write myself that have given me hope that day or mm-hmm. things that I, that I things that I'm hopeful will provide hope for the people so you know pay attention to that pay attention to that and I'll try to keep everybody up to date on the latest stuff happening with the movie and whatever whatever else is, whatever else is going on mm-hmm. I'm starting a thing now I, last week was the first one I'm kind of it's kind of a trial run I'm trying to figure out how to best do it but I'm gonna start doing I'm gonna try to do like a weekly Facebook live where I talk about something cool. related to my brain injury and some things I've learned from it and you know, people can Q and A stuff, and so yeah, I did that last week for the first time, and it went. I thought it went well, and yeah, so I think that's something I'm gonna try, try okay. to try to do. So I'll put a link to your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, Jeff Huxford, thanks for uh, for coming on the Courage Cast. Well, You're courageous. But, yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, you fit the profile of courage right here. Yeah, well, that's great. I think mean, I feel like when I said when I first met you, I felt like we've known each other a long time because I've seen you so much, but now. Now it's official. Yeah, man. It's great. And I've been to your basement. You've been to my basement <laughs> in the, the depths of my home. That's right. <laughs> Seen it all. Yeah. Came through my garage. Not that's, many people yeah. come through. The, that's yeah. already home right there. Yeah. I mean, come through garage. I'm going to get in your refrigerator before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, put that down. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks. Thank you. We'll all have right. you on as a follow-up when this okay. movie gets ready great. to come out. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. 
That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.